change in me was so incredible within 3 4 days my husband said you're glowing he said this is i mean you just underwent surgeries right you should be in pain you should be lying down whatever i started glowing and uh, two weeks later when we went to my neurosurgeon he was uh, pleasantly surprised to see my scan and he said like i don't know what you're doing but um, the bleeding is reduced he said you're you're not yet out of danger but at least i can tell you that you don't need immediate surgery so let's give this some more time and i remember telling him i don't think i'll need any other surgery right i'm convinced i'm going to recover and that was it Hello everyone. My name is Srikant. I'm the host of the show Inspire Someone today. This podcast brings in personalities from a cross section of our society who will share their perspectives, learnings, hacks and experiences that can inspire all of us in our journeys. Come join me on this ride. Forget making fresh starts. How many of us can just stand up when life knocks you down? We have a special guest today who shares her bout with destiny and how she has come out winners and committed to a new inspired life. Welcome to the show, Sudha. Thank you, Shrikant. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Sudha, help us to kind of give a brief about who you are, what inspired you to kind of do things that you have been doing today. And as we kind of get into the show, we'll unravel the... new uh, sudha that uh, we have been kind of exposed to in the recent past sure so um so my name is sudha sampath my husband and i are based out of bangalore india we live here with our uh, little beautiful 8 year old daughter um for the last 20 years uh, i have been in the working in the it industry in bangalore predominantly my focus has been hr technology so i have worked with um, stakeholders across geographies um in building hr products uh, learning products in in particular is what i would say uh, that's a quick intro about me but but i'm sure that's not what we're here to talk about today so <laughs> over to you shrika to lead the way <laughs> sure so 20 plus years of experience in the technology space and you chose to kind of uh, do something else which will get to it shortly and my connection with you was through your wonderful blog uttishta bharata which stands for arise arjuna that was courageous and a very very touching story to hear can you just walk us through what made you to kind of write it and the story behind the story sure so this is this is a very personal account uh, right and um, but i've decided to share it because i think with in today's world especially with covid and so many depression stories that you hear i thought stories of people coming out of challenges is equally important for people to hear as well So around 2 years ago to be precise on 3rd of October 2018 I was diagnosed with what is called a subdural hematoma I had acute bleeding in the dura region of my brain and uh, because of the pressure caused by the bleeding my brain had started shrinking and uh, my CT scan was uh, was something to behold when I first saw it not only had you know my brain started shrinking it had slightly tilted it was uh, terrifying to see it not only for me but for my family So we met some of the finest neurosurgeons in Bangalore at that time um but the prognosis was the same uh, you know consistently all the neurosurgeons told me they were surprised that I'm still standing that I was walking that I was the one who went to the doctor uh, and you know my husband joined me later but the fact that I was leading a normal life and uh, they told me that ideally someone like me in their professional experience should be in a coma which thankfully I wasn't so I was wheeled into surgery uh, a brain surgery they 
try to extract the excess blood from my brain. And I went through the surgery. I thought that was done. But unfortunately, the bleeding continued. I had to undergo a second surgery within 10 days, uh, another emergency surgery. And even after extracting blood for the second time, for some reason, a membrane in my brain just continued to bleed. And no one knew why. You know, for all our advancements in medical science, right, in, in neurosurgery, some things just have no answer. Like I was leading a normal life. I hadn't had an accident. I was just predominantly working from home. I hadn't hit my head anywhere. So nobody knew what caused it. And nobody knew how deep they had to go into my head to fix it. So one fine day, uh, my surgeon, he, you know, we had to come face to face with, with reality. So my surgeon told my husband and me that uh, I think you may need to undergo a third surgery. And even after that, if the bleeding continues, we may have to maybe crack open like a portion of your brain, which is terrifying for me and oh. access the portion where, you know, the bleeding is happening and, and fix it. So obviously the first reaction was shock, right? Disbelief. And uh, why me? Why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve this? I've led a, you know, a, a, what I think is a good life, right? I've, I've not harmed anyone deliberately. So, you know, you have all these philosophical questions that come to your mind. And I really slipped and I gave up and I said, that's it. You know, I am done with all the pain. I think it's easier for me to just go and not have to undergo so many surgeries, right? And cause uh, so much pain for my family. Around that time, uh, you know, I had actually started reading some positive stories and I wasn't allowed much uh, television or anything, but I, I used to play YouTube videos on positivity and, you know, keep listening to them to keep myself positive. And somewhere around that time, I had uh, seen some videos on how you can think positive thoughts and how you can actually change your reality. Now, personally, at that time, I thought it was so far out there, right? Like so new agey, so far out there. I wasn't sure if it would really help me, but I had two weeks. I was under observation for two weeks. I was told, you know, you have to undergo your third surgery in two weeks if nothing improves. So I decided I'm going to give this a go and I will give this my 100%. I have nothing to lose. Let's see where this takes me. And from the depths of despair, I pulled myself out and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay positive. And I made a list of all the things that I wanted for myself, you know, that I should recover completely, that I should come out of this, that I should regain my health and vitality and, you know, completely recover from the situation. Initially, it seemed like nothing was happening. Um, I continued to say these positive affirmations. Sometimes every one hour when I was eating my food, when I was drinking water, I had heard about how water and food also has prana, right? Prana, energy, power, and how it absorbs your positive thoughts. You know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of study out there. You can just YouTube it um, or check on Google. So I, I started doing all of this and I actually started believing that, you know, I, there was a point of time when I was at a stage when I was so positive that I, I told myself I am recovered, right? There's nothing more to do. And uh, it was incredible. To be honest, the change in me was so incredible. Within three, four days, my husband said, you're glowing. He said, this is, I mean, you just underwent surgeries, right? You should be in pain. You should be lying down, whatever. I started glowing wow. and I stopped people who were negative from meeting me. Like I would just refuse to talk to them on the phone. I would, you know, I, it didn't matter to me what they thought about me because I wanted to give this my hundred percent. So people who would come home and sob and say, oh, this happened to you and all that nonsense, right? I just cut them out of my life for that period at least. And little by little, my brain started easing itself. And uh, two weeks later, when we went to my neurosurgeon, he was uh, pleasantly surprised to see my scan. And he said, like, I don't know what you're doing, but um, the bleeding is reduced. He said, you're, you're not yet out of danger, but 
at least I can tell you that you don't need immediate surgery. So let's give this some more time. And I remember telling him, I don't think I'll need any other surgery, right? I'm convinced I'm going to recover. And that was it. From then onwards, I think my entire recovery took nine months. In the end of August 2019, my doctor just smiled at me and he said, see, we don't know what caused it. We don't know why the complications came. And I'm still wondering how you (laughs) got out of it. But you know, I did everything that he asked me to. I took the medicines. It's not like I was only doing positive affirmations, right? So I don't want people to walk out of here thinking, leave everything just to positive affirmations. You know, my, my, the way I had responded to it was uh, thought, speech and action, right? So I, whatever I did, whether it was taking medicine, drinking water, eating food, everything would lead to my recovery. That's how I was looking at my life in that nine months. So I took medicines, whatever he, the doctor asked me to rest, you know, not much TV, everything. But in addition to it, I was in such a positive frame of mind that um, I think I completely recovered by end of August 2019. Wow. I'm speechless. One, for somebody to kind of have the courage to share that story, leave alone kind of going through that itself is a trauma in it. But to kind of come out of it and uh, share that story, uh, hats off to your uh, courage, uh, Sudha. Thank you. You know, it's not an easy story to share. and. a lot of times, initially when I wrote the blog, Uttishta Bharata, I wrote it more as catharsis. Um, but then, you know, you hear about celebrity suicide stories, people who go to the brink of, you know, the depths of abyss, and they just don't come out. But that's not all, right? You can come out of it because you are your own friend and your own enemy. And uh, I am hoping, even though this sounds new agey and far out there, this is not that new age. You know, our ancients have been saying this as, as long as I can remember. Every Upanishad that you read or, you know, every spiritual book that you read talks about this, right? The power of your mind, how incredibly powerful your mind is. My intent of sharing this is to help you. Great. And so that touching on that, you do also mention that you leave your life in your head. And I'm sure a lot of it has also got to do with the positive affirmation that you have done, the exercises that you have done from there. Anything that you can share from there on what has happened with life post-2019, how do you kind of continue to live your life in your head? So it's not easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when you have imminent, you know, death or imminent surgery in front of you, obviously something in you shifts, right? And uh, your, your focus is better and you do it. But now, but when you come back to normal life, you are bombarded. You are bombarded with a lot of stimulation, right? So it's not easy. I am human after all. But my biggest lessons from what I experienced, I mean, I, I learned a lot, but I, I categorized them into these four categories. And I, I try to live by it. Um, the first thing is, life is a gift. Life is valuable, but life is also finite. And you need to live your life fearlessly. So most of us live our lives like it's a chore, right? But it's only when you go through something like this, you realized how incredible, how valuable life is. Every minute, every second is, is an opportunity for, for you to reinvent yourself, for you to do the things that you love. Most of us are brought up on a diet of fear, to fear what people think, to fear what you do. But if you replace that fear with love, right, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. Don't fear making changes to your life. You have to make it lovingly. Sometimes you have to make it ruthlessly. You have to align to your best and highest version of yourself. And that's what I try to live by, right? My life is my masterpiece and your life is your masterpiece, right? So you should, if you are creating a masterpiece, if you're painting a painting, you will be so careful about paint you choose, the color you choose, right? Where you put it. Your life is like that. It doesn't really matter what other people say or think, right? I would say just drop that. 
the second thing that really i try to focus on is love and i i know again right when you say focus on love i'm not talking about loving others i am talking about loving myself as a person this was very hard for me right from childhood you are told love others you know be kind to others nobody tells you be kind to yourself right that's a given is what people think i think it's very important to be kind to yourself to love yourself because when you love yourself you will do what makes you happy and the more you love yourself the more you have to give others the third thing that i think i i touched upon in my blog as well is you live your life in your head and therefore when you know that you live your life in your head you need to make your head beautiful you would never throw junk in your house right you would never throw garbage in your hall for example or near your dining table we take such great care to make our houses look clean but when it comes to our hair we are constantly loading our brains with stuff right we watch entertainment that borders on violence we consume content that is vulgar sometimes loaded with gender bias and racism right what is the need for it keep your head clean yeah and you know this i know this is easier said than done but do what it takes right like with some people meditation helps them yoga helps them keep removing stuff keep clearing the cobwebs in your head just like how you would clear the cobwebs in your house do it every day right keep clearing it keep clearing it your mind should be so sharp that you're only doing the stuff that you love because life is you know too short life is finite you only have time to focus on the things that you love and nothing else you owe it to yourself the last and the most important thing i would say is uh, be as you as you can be <laughs> now i know it sound a little bit like nityananda here you know that me 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 thing but my take on it is you don't have to be anybody else you just have to be you because you are unique in yourself right so shine your light as brightly as you can embrace your uniqueness embrace your quirkiness and love yourself unconditionally so these four things i try to live by it's very hard to be honest now that i'm not closeted in my house right i keep meeting people and i'm you know you're bombarded with different types of people but when there's stimulus right i just come back to where i need to be keep centering myself i think there was a reason for you to kind of start thinking positive have the positive affirmations now you have kind of gotten out of it normal life everything is working out well but how hard it is to kind of practice something that you have kind of made it as a new rule of life if you think it's hard it's hard if you think it's easy it's easy again you live your life in your head so i i'll give you an example right uh, even with my life i have made a conscious choice to leave the corporate world i i love my job i mean i was one of those blessed people who was actually doing what they loved to do but after my realization you know that life is finite and there are many things i want to do with my life i have my bucket list and i i made a choice to leave the corporate world to follow my bucket list right i want to work in the in the field of education i, I you know i want to do a few things i, I used to be a professional singer before i joined the corporate world so i'm trying to dabble with singing but it's hard because you know you know where you want to go but like i said you're constantly bombarded so there are people who will tell you stuff right because they are insecure about themselves so it is hard like i said if you think it's hard but if you think of it as oh you know this is something i need to do so put it into practice just like anything else so the minute someone says a negative thing towards you right you just center it back to yourself and say that's fine that's their opinion that's not my reality my reality is i am going to do this or my reality is that you know i want to focus on this any time there's a negative thought replace it because it's hard for you not to think of the negative thought but 
as with any habit it's easy for you to replace it if that makes sense right like when you're dieting think of it when you're trying to diet right you can't have ice cream so you go to corner house ice cream parlor you can't have ice cream but you can replace it with a fruit salad you get what i'm saying so just like that replace yeah so pivot back to what you want to do by finding alternatives yep correct correct great i think one other piece i'm sure that is there in lot of our minds is when you're kind of going through a situation like you had there are a lot of fears and self doubts that you battle yeah you came across positive affirmations thinking positive all of it but deep down you still have that fear you still have that self doubt how did you overcome it ha ah, that's a great question <laughs> so the day i heard that i was going to have a third surgery i actually sank into the abyss i cried my heart out i wept for 8 hours straight i wept till the extent that there were no more tears left in me you know and it's only when i reached the bottom what i thought you know was the bottom pit bottom most portion of the pit i realized it's a bottomless pit so that realization actually changed me i realized that and it was a split second realization that if i have to keep falling i can keep falling i think it's the worst but i can fall to the extent that you know maybe i slip into depression maybe i, I you know i take my own life i don't know right you you hear so many instances of people slipping i think the fact that i i reached a point at least in my case i reached a point from where i chose to shift i decided that enough is enough no one writes my destiny i write my destiny i think that was a shift now i you know some people do it in 3 hours some people do it in 4 hours right some people do it instantly they don't take no for an answer and some people never do it right but i think you should never give up because you are here for a reason right now whatever your belief system is whether you believe um, that when you die you go to heaven or you believe that you die and that's it right poof you don't come back at all or you think that you die and then you will be reincarnated right whatever your spiritual and religious beliefs are you know that life is finite you are here for a reason you have been given the gift of life what do you do with it are you going to give up or are you going to fight there are only two options giving up to me is not an option you have to fight till the end and i think that realization is what is what helped me very beautiful beautifully put across i think pivoting into i don't want to dwell too much into what has happened but again with that you have also been inspired to pursue new passions as, as you said you are kind of finding the other side of the creative side of you wanting to do something in the education sector what is that and how do you kind of plan to give shape to this so um at this point of time things are a little fluid so from teaching perspective there are uh, there are many avenues open right i could uh, teach in a proper school maybe i teach with an ngo there are many things that i could do um but uh, my interest is more towards making education available and accessible to children in the rural parts of india um and again i came back to my skill so uh, there are many brilliant teachers out there i don't profess to be a great teacher but what i am good at is um, i have helped build technology out there in the field of learning and i think i'll do well in the education technology or edutech field because i you know i have that reasonable expertise so i am looking to work with uh, some organizations in the field of education and help them pivot their education right module to more students but uh, but my focus at this point of time is in the rural parts of india to begin with so some conversations happening there and i you know i'm trying to put a like a position paper in place to see what what can be done and you know how changes can be done so i'm 
I'm consulting right now. Um, things are a little fluid, but I think they will take shape hopefully in the next few months. So yeah, keeping fingers crossed. <laughs> and that's a great impact sector. I'm sure you'll do well out there. Thank you. So Sudha, if I were to ask you, say few years down the line, if somebody were to approach you and say, Sudha, we are going to make a book on you. What do you think would be the title of that book? That's a great question again. Hmm. For now, I would say Uttishta Bharata, Arise Arjuna. That's what I would say. Arise Arjuna, also known as Arise Sudha? I would say Arise Arjuna. <laughs> because Arjuna, I think, uh, and the reason I would say Arjuna is people are familiar with, with Arjuna, Arjuna as, a, as a character, right? As a part of uh, India's rich heritage. And therefore, I think they will resonate with it. And the story is really not about Sudha or, you know, about, I think we are all just cogs in a wheel is what I feel, right? So my intent would be the more people it reaches, right? The book reaches, the more impact it makes. So I would perhaps make the title Arise Arjuna so that it can resonate with more people. <laughs> Wonderful. And I do see that you use a lot of metaphors related to Mahabharata. Anything else that had a profound impact on you? So uh, when it comes to uh, Bhagavad Gita, I have um, read the Bhagavad Gita many times in my life. First time I read the Bhagavad Gita was, uh, I think, when I was young and it made no sense to me. <laughs> I just started by hearting the words. But lo and behold, uh, 10 years ago when I read it, the good thing was the words, the phrases were still familiar to me, but now I could make sense of the meaning uh, of the Bhagavad Gita. To me, the interesting thing about the Bhagavad Gita is a conversation between Arjun, Arjuna and Krishna. And... Uh, you know how Arjuna seems in 18th chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna seems to have asked every question that all of us could have asked. There are many phenomenal verses that stand out, but one you know stanza that stands out for me is Nainam Chindanti Shastrani, Nainam Dahati Pavakaha, Nachainam Kledayantyapo, Nashoshayati Marutaha. It means uh, the spirit cannot be wounded by weapons it cannot be withered by the wind it cannot be wet by water the spirit will endure and uh, i every time i face a challenge in my life this is what i tell myself right because what is me is not this outward appearance it is you know my soul and my heart and if my soul decides it has to be done it will be done and nothing can stop it right so I, and everybody takes different meanings out of the bhagavad gita this is the meaning from the stanza that i have taken that has helped me in my life absolutely nothing can stop you sudha I, I think on that note if i were to ask you what is your inspire someone today for all those listeners out there um so i have a and i'm just thinking right what would be the right thing to say at this time as we close out i'm gonna go back to this poem called our deepest fear written by marianne wilson uh, this poem is as relevant today as uh, it, it was when she wrote it and I'm going to quote from the poem here. It says, uh, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the word. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, 
our presence automatically liberates others. Thank you. Wow, excellent, wonderful rendition. I think it kind of sums it up to what we kind of need to look forward in life. You are not here to play small. Yes. And, and so it doesn't serve the world. It doesn't serve the world, right? Yeah. Leave your potential, leave your passion. I think uh, you are a testimony to that, Sudha. You have overcome hurdles and leading the way out to everybody out there to say that what does it take to kind of live an inspired life. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time, sharing your uh, personal story with all of us. I'm sure this is going to inspire someone today. Thank you, Srikant. And and thank you, everyone. Um, I wish you all a blessed life ahead. Thank you. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomeonetodaypodcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what to listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate Inspire Someone Today podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikant, your host, signing off. And until next time, keep inspiring.